Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy. Been with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you today. We have Rob Roark coming on. He's doing some great things out there in the music world. And we're definitely excited to have him on the show. And we're definitely excited to see where all this goes. Because again, you know, many of you know that we've only done a few videos so far. So we're still getting familiar with how to get, get the video, I get the hang of this. <laughs> Working on it. <laughs> so Rob, how are you hey today? I'm great. How are you? Doing, Doing good. Great. So as you know, you've heard several episodes. We always like to start the same way. This is a crazy year we have today. Mm -hmm. I mean, this year. And I always like to start the same way. And hopefully next year, I won't have to start mm -hmm. this way anymore. Hopefully but not. <laughs> how has COVID affected you? And what are you doing to maneuver through that? Uh, COVID could have been devastating for me. Um, I was doing music full time when this happened. I I had moved to Nashville uh, last September, so I had just about a little bit less than six months to get things going. And oh, wow. I I really felt like I had just started to pick up some momentum in February, and then you know in Nashville, the busy season for playing it basically starts in March, um, mm. and. Uh, right when things started to elevate is when this hit and wow. you know there was that uncertainty um i also on top of that the stakes were a little bit higher for me um i hmm. was in the studio recording my what was to be my first big single release oh wow uh -huh. um, our first day in the studio was march 16th oh um, wow so everything shut down right after that um, right so i had booked uh, i the Time frame that we had was that the song would be out early April, um, and then I had some shows in mid-April, and then by the third week in April, I was hitting the road um, going from Nashville up to uh, New York, where I'm from. I was going to take the western route through Ohio, um, Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and play shows all the way up to New York, and then take the coastal route on the way down to Florida. <laughs> so I had 37 dates book that was going to be like my single release and my first like kind wow. of tour That's outside right. of nashville and i was super proud because i i got everything just from <laughs> going up um and uh it, it was it was like looking like it was going to be the biggest year ever for me and my music and a breakout wow. year and then all this happened um but the the bright side of it is um i was kind of burning myself out playing mm -hmm. gigs trying to make a living um so after it was clear that you know music was not going to work in 2020 i went back to uh personal training which is uh, what i was doing before i moved down here um and the the nice thing about that is because i'm not always doing music it's made me want to dive into music whenever i get a chance well wow. uh -huh. um, so it keeps I, that passion alive yeah so i've been writing a lot more um when i do get the opportunity to play for people it's been a lot more special um you know i i still play downtown in nashville as much as i can um so you're really just trying to make the most of this year and ride it out we definitely understand that you know i, I remember when we first launched the show in january we thought you know what our original plan was a hundred interviews first yes. year we thought if we did a hundred interviews, we'd get ahead of the crowd. You know, yeah. I don't know too many hosts that can say they did a hundred interviews their very first year. Yeah, that's and then COVID guys. happens, and you know, yeah, then March comes. COVID. And March comes, mm -hmm. and I think we've done maybe 
30 or so by that point mm -hmm. um, yeah. by March. Yeah. <clears throat> and I but. thought, oh man, you know, all these artists are going to need a place to talk. Yeah. With everything shutting down, it's like, you know, this could be our year to shine as a yeah. show. Yeah. So we and stepped it up. And because of that, we're over 250 interviews now. That's amazing. Um, and I, we as artists are so grateful for people like you giving us this platform. And I, I wanted to be a part of what you guys were doing because of the way you're doing it. Like your questions stand out and amazing <laughs> job you guys are doing. Well, I love that. We definitely oh, appreciate thank that. You. <laughs> so before we really dig into your story a little bit, um, tell us some hobbies you like to do outside of music. Now, of course, we know the gym. We already know yeah. that. But outside <laughs> of the gym, I guess, what are some hobbies you'd like to do? Oh man, yeah. So I mean, I, gym and music takes up most of my time. Um, <laughs> I'm into uh, I'm into muscle cars a lot, um, and uh, I'm huge into outdoors. Like in the summer, any chance mm -hmm. I can, I'm out on the lake. Um, I uh, I live in the part of Bellevue that's close to Warner Parks, um, so um, it's a huge, big, beautiful park in Nashville. You'd never know that you were in the city of Nashville while you're in it. So I spend a lot of time there. Oh. Um, basically anything that gets me out of the house and into the sunshine I'm in. <laughs> so what would you say is something unusual about you? Um, I am a country artist who does not drink at all. Um, I we love that. love that. Yeah. I was never a big drinker before. Um, but I made a promise to myself when I quit my job to be a musician mm -hmm. that, uh, mm -hmm. I wouldn't kind of fall into that. And I, cause I see some, like, it's so hard for musicians because when we play, we're around mm -hmm. alcohol. Yeah. When we write, we're around alcohol. When we go to other people's shows, we're around alcohol. That's um, true. And I've watched so many people down here in Nashville come down here and just totally burn themselves out over it and, you know, kind of wreck their lives a little bit. Um, so yeah. that was yeah. one promise I made to myself. And I've kept, I mean, I've, I've literally drank four times in one year. So I'm, Oh. Oh, wow. it's, it's difficult and that's always comes with a story anytime I, I go through <laughs> and with like with me I went through 19 years of addictions yeah. until God helped me um, almost 13 years ago wow. she went through a lot of crap that first five years of our marriage because of the addictions but you know she loved me through the addictions and you're right if you're not careful and you see this all the day, I mean, even like Johnny Cash, he almost destroyed everything yep. because of his addictions, mm -hmm. but it took a woman to get him out of that. <laughs> yeah. What a beautiful story too. I, um, so when I first moved to Nashville, I'll throw a quick tangent there. Cause you brought up Mr. Cash. Um, <laughs> Johnny Cash mm -hmm. is kind of how I got exposed to country music. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. My grandparents listened to him all the time. I didn't even know I was listening to country music. You know, I just, just love Johnny Cash. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it was just it was just ingrained in me and so when i when i was moving to nashville i couldn't find a uh, a place to live i i you know i was crisscrossing the city looking at apartments and i went to hendersonville not to look at apartments just to uh to check out johnny cash's gravesite <laughs> and where he lived and yeah. uh, i was like man if it worked for the man in black it worked for me and i just I grabbed an apartment in hendersonville and uh, it was pretty cool being around so many like You'd go places and uh, it would just be like a normal place that they'd see Johnny Cash while he had lived there and stuff. So it was a cool wow. experience coming to Nashville. And, like that. and we've had a few people on our show that personally knew him. So it's pretty cool yeah. to hear the story yeah. because because oh, yeah. his and June's um, story just intrigues us. Because, again, they're almost like us where I had the addictions for years yep. and it took a woman to kind of get it out. you know. And so their story really intrigues us. Well, it does. I'm going to totally blow up their spot right now. But if you're ever in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and uh, go to Center Point Barbecue, 
because that was Johnny Cash's spot. And oh, wow. the, oh, wow. the owner um, was passed down the business from his father. So he was a kid while Johnny Cash was always going there. And uh, when I, you know, when I first talked to him about it, we, I kind of befriended him. And every time I come in, I would wait till he was at the cash register. <laughs> and every single time I went in, I get some really incredible story. Um, oh, wow. That was just like worth. I mean, it was just a, just a priceless story every time. It was worth every penny I ever spent there just to get the stories out of him. I love that. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> now, uh, you know, as you know, there's like, you know, most people know when they were young, they wanted to do music. I yeah. like to take it a little step further. When did it click that this could be a career? Because it's always two, in most cases, that's a two different dates. So when did that click? Um, It, you know, not what you're gonna expect. Um, really, not until I moved to Nashville, um, because I, I got into music like really holistically. I just like, I just saw the. I was always thinking about how, um, how it affected people, and how I always just felt like music was like a way to change the world. Yeah, and uh, it was it was always like that for yes. me, and all I ever thought about, and then. It wasn't until I really moved to mm -hmm. Nashville and I saw how how people do it, how they build up their name and um, going from co-writes to getting a song cut to getting another song cut yeah. to building a reputation um, to the point where you get some label interest for a publishing deal and then end up, um, you know, spinning that publishing deal into a record deal. It really wasn't until I saw the business side of how it actually worked that I was like, OK, you can do this. It's a lot of work and a little bit of luck, mm. um, but it's possible. <clears throat> now, you talk about work. You know, one thing I like to do on our show that I think is not talked about enough, as you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles it takes, not just to get there, but to even get it at a career level. And yeah. I always like to talk about that side of it because nobody does. And I'm going to tell a quick story that helped lead us into that. But back yeah. in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. And I will never forget, I, one of the questions I asked Allison was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? I'll never forget her answer. She said, if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She I, said, the day <laughs> that you want it to be a career, she says, everything changes. You no longer own your life. She goes, your friends and relatives, they never understand. They invite yeah. you to weddings, to cookouts, to to um, weekends, to holidays. You got to say no because at the very, especially at the beginning, you're grinding. You can't say no to a gig and you definitely can't cancel once a gig happens, because there's people depending on you and people don't yeah. get that. Then your family has to sacrifice on top. of it. It's not just you, but your whole family has to sacrifice. Then if that's not enough, like she said, then you have days where you're just not feeling it. And yeah. everybody has those days. But if you got a gig that night, you got to get up there and smile like there's no tomorrow. But then Absolutely. she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's talk about that side of it. I think that is the best advice and way to put it. You could ever do it. And I have ripped that off and said that to so many aspiring musicians myself. 
so <laughs> many times. I mean, this industry will rip your heart out and carry on like you didn't even exist. And that's just the way it is. And unfortunately, yeah. the way it's structured. Yeah. And you have to accept that, that it's not going to change. And, you know, the the, uh, the coming up process is is very much putting in your dues, especially in Nashville. Um, you know, it's a very, very humbling process. And there is no way that you'll survive if you don't love music with your entire heart because you'll be torn down you'll be broke um and the only thing that's going to keep you going is because there's there's just no option no other option because yeah that's, that's what that's what your heart tells you you have to do and i love that because i think you know people that are not in the entertainment industry and this goes for not just artists but goes for actors <laughs> people who are authors speakers anything in entertainment and especially athletes too. I don't think people outside of that understand the grind it takes that you, you almost yeah. have to give up everything. I mean, there, there's such, I mean, you know, they always say there's a fine line between obsession and vision. Yep. And I think in this industry, you got to have both. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like you, you have no idea. I mean, I, I've really, I think I, I was a performer before I moved to Nashville, um, so I knew what it took to make it happen. But really, since being here now, seeing seeing that level of star that mm -hmm. everyone thinks is a star already. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I don't want to name names of artists, but people that are yeah. signed the labels and even on major tours might have you know a song or two on the radio, and thinking that like that's the level of made it. And then meeting those people personally and seeing how hard they're struggling and they're probably doing worse off financially than you and I, um, mm. but putting on that image, um, it's, it's blown my mind to see that. Wow. So now that we talked about the struggle side, because again, I always want to hit that on every episode because I think it's important for people to know that side of it before they take that leap in to this type of um, business. But let's talk, go the other way now, flip the script and go about the glory. So the people that people see, yeah. um, what are some moments where you look back on your career so far and you're like, wow, I got to do that. Um, I, I mean, I can think of a few. I mean, I, I got into music. I had no like natural music ability. Like I wasn't a singer when I was born or a decent guitar player or anything. I didn't pick anything up and all of a sudden <laughs> was good at it. I I only got good at it because I loved it so much I wouldn't put the dang thing down. You know, that's <laughs> um so I got into music um because in my formulative years, you know, going through the normal growing up stuff, um, music saved my life. I mean I mean literally it was <laughs> and it was it was lyrics and there was this period of time where um we had a lot of songs that were popular that were a little more on the deeper side in like the early two mm. thousands and stuff. And, um, it just made such an impact on my life. And I was like, man, like I want to do that for other people. So wow. this, the moment, the moments where you create something, put it out into the world and someone responds the same way as my 13 year old self would respond to that. And, and, I can't even describe to you that feeling. And I, I released my first big single and um, I, you know, I expected I get a response to it, but to get someone who I don't really know who I looked up to and, and respected come to me and say, man, I was having a crushing day and I heard your song and 
it made me want to carry on. Like to be told that mm-hmm. after yeah. after being on the flip side of that, um, that is the biggest thing to me because I I want I love being a performer, but I want to go down as a songwriter. I want yeah. my headstone to yeah. say that I was a songwriter. Um, so to be told that was huge. Um, and you know, I could go, go on, like I've played some shows that were the best time of my life and all that, but, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, I, I love the biggest, the bigger the crowd, the better for me. You know? <laughs> I, that's the way I am as a performer. Like I always, you know, rise up to whatever's going on, but I could list off so many of those moments, but it's, it's those specific moments where somebody says how something you created affected them. That's what yeah. does it for me. Those are the, those are the biggest career accomplishments and, um, I love I, that. And you. you're prepared to play a song for us, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, I'll play it for you. <laughs> so, and it's called, I, I'm guessing it's the Challenger, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell All us right. a little bit about the song before you play it. All right. So um, this song I actually started writing quite a few years ago. Um, I, it was a combination of a couple of things. Um, my dad, when he was my age, he had a uh, 1973 Dodge Challenger. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, he just, all his glory day stories started and ended with that car. <clears throat> baby. Um, and then he got another one. It was a 1971 Dodge Challenger. And that was, that was his most prized possession. He had it from before I was born. Um, and uh, he started to decline a little bit. And he'd repeat his stories so i'd I'd hear a lot about this challenger and i would always let him tell i'd always let him tell these stories because it would just he would just light up (laughs) so i think we were in the middle of um one of those and i was kind of just drifting off and thinking about just the name the challenger like that's mm-hmm. it just seemed like such a cool name to me. Wow. You know, so many like car names and you're like <laughs> yeah. Corvette. Okay, I get it. Kind of related to a small boat. A challenger like, though. Camaro, that sounds cool, but I, I don't know <clears throat> what that is exactly. But a challenger, like it just it just carried a lot of meaning to me. And at the time, um I was running a UFC gym. Um I was oh, managing wow. a gym. So I was teaching all these, you know mixed martial arts classes and you know doing the fitness side and all that and we would host the events when they would have them and some you know most of their events are capped off by a title fight that is the champion versus the challenger Mm. and i just feel like you know the the champion side of the story is always told and glorified um and you know we we get underdog songs every once in a while but i wanted to write a song that was written from the what the underdog was thinking going into yeah. the match. And then as the match started, um, so I, I just wrote this song. Um, I had just moved. So I remember specifically, and this is the coolest thing to me about how music works is like, I had just moved. So I was sitting on my living room floor. I didn't even have my couch there yet uh, with my guitar and wrote this song. Um, and then the song progressed to be, you know, recorded in the world renowned oh, wow. Nashville wow. studio and, you know, wherever it goes, it's just cool to me of where it started, you know, right on my living room floor, you know, pretty humbly. Um, so I wrote the song, the, uh, the song got pitched to a publisher, it got picked up and then pitched to the publisher. Mm-hmm. And out of all the songs that of mine that got pitched, I thought that one was the strongest. And I got it back, circled, no hook. Oh, wow. Totally, oh, wow. That song got totally passed on. 
And um, it really ate me up because I just, I, for me, I just loved those Your heart was in it. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I lost my dad um, about two years ago. So it, it just, oh. it made that song mean even more because he was a part of it. So well, maybe I, you're supposed to be the one to make it big. <laughs> that song. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's what um, that. I hope so. That, that's a really nice way to put it. But um, I was like really determined to make that song something. So I rewrote it and rewrote it and rewrote it. And it ended up ironically being that I needed to take away from the song, uh, oh, to shorten okay. it, to edit it for it to work. Um, mm -hmm. So I finally got it to the point where, uh, I believed in it. I got a producer to believe in it. Um, and then we started to record it. And then, you know, in true COVID fashion, everything got, you know, kind of tossed around. <laughs> and uh, so yeah. then, so then we had half of a track and I had even more time than I wanted to, to kind of refine it. Um, so, uh, you know, there were some changes made um, in the process of waiting out COVID before we get back to the studio that I think actually made the song. Um, oh, wow. So uh, that's, another bright side of it i guess um but the song was supposed yeah. to be released back in uh like i said early april it turned out it got pushed all the way um to late summer and i was you know looking at release dates and you know typically friday is a release date and uh my dad's birthday ended up being on a friday august 20th. oh wow so um, it was just like meant to be like meant to be full circle moments so <laughs> it came out this past august on the 28th and uh I mean, my that's my, my birthday is August 28th. Oh, August 28th. Really? Yes, oh, nice. it's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence. Um, but yeah, what that taught me too is, uh, and I, I want to tell this to any artist who's ever listening, is don't wait. Just get your stuff out there. I waited so long thinking like I got to have the perfect song, got to spend X amount of dollars on the recording. Just get stuff out there because your first single is just a springboard into the next one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. Now, before you play the song, if anybody that's listening to us, whether it's live or the replay, please share. Um, the, the help him out and help us out too. Right. But share, yeah. share, share this video because we need people to catch our show. We need people to catch Rob because you know what? He's doing some great things. Yes. And I think that you're about to find out as he plays his song. So if you want to start, I'll go to make you yeah solo Thanks, here. Guys. Um. Yeah, we appreciate that. In these in these times, like, you know, we're relying on the people that support us so much. You know, we can't go play shows and do events and stuff. So thank you guys for any share that we get. So this is my song, The Challenger. It's uh, it's on the baritone guitar. That's why it's going to sound so deep and moody and interesting <laughs> here. is a joke he's a nobody probably just choke he don't stand a chance my bet's on the champion I laugh in the one odds he's undefeated around here he's a guy but dad told me the bigger they are the harder they fall so here is my shot I'm keeping everything I've got. I'm the challenger. I'm stepping in the ring, got nothing. 
Put my hopes and dreams, blood, sweat, and tears. Long route it took to get here. Man, I swear, I may go down fighting, but you better believe I'd still be on my feet. If it was round 13, I can promise you that you remember me as Mo. And then the challenger. Yeah. Shot right on the jaw, you can knock me down. I'll still get back up for more. Don't know when to quit now, but I know what I'm fighting for. So here is my shot. I'll give it everything I've got. I'm challenging. I'm stepping in the ring, I'm nothing. But my hopes and dreams, blood, sweat, and tears. Long route it took to get here. Man, I swear, I may go down fighting, but you better believe I'll still be on my feet. If it was round 13, I can promise you that you remember me as more than a challenger. Nobody dare get in my way. Knock me down, but in the end, you'll say I was the hardest you fought. Toughest opponent you ever saw. So here is my shot. I'm keeping everything I've got. I'm a challenger. I'm sitting in the ring, got nothing. With my hopes and dreams, blood, sweat, and tears. Long road it took to get you. Man, I swear I may go down fighting, but you better believe I still be swinging. In round 13, I can promise you that you remember me as more than a challenger, as more, more than a challenger. Love awesome. Love it. Thank you. Really great, really, really, great really song. great song. I appreciate that. Yeah, I um <laughs> I want to release a uh, acoustic version of it pretty soon. Um it's it's crazy how different um a track can be like that. And I, I kind of want to release that one stripped down. But it really I I was I was middle of playing it. I was like, man, this really um embodies that like underdog struggle of a upcoming musician like we were talking about earlier i was in the middle of that and i was like yep that totally framed that conversation <laughs> mm, yeah now as you know um <clears throat> a lot of people they see the artists but they don't see like your the pr people managers producers co-writers everybody has a even if it's a team of one or a team of 300 like Justin Bieber has. Yeah. Everybody has some team. Sure. Um, so I always like to give a chance. I don't think they get enough love because they're behind the scenes. Nobody sees them. So if you want to take a couple minutes just to tell us the team behind you that helps you be who you are. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, 
I've I've had a lot of wisdom bestowed upon me to not take offers on that too early. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm trying to do as as much as I can, and um, you know, really, just the big thing is is thank you to friends and family that have supported me so much because like literally I'd be I'd be a guy just sitting in a room if if it wasn't for for them um but uh Jordan Lake he um he produced that song for me it's it's a solo right so I'm the only writer on it but Jordan Lake you know produced it for me um and uh I came to him and said hey man I I want a track that is uh radio ready and uh on on the production side on the quality side he he totally delivered so you know, I can't give him enough credit for uh, you know the process of of creating that song. The, the the track both ended up as exactly what I expected and not what I expected at the same time. It's, I, I, it's, <laughs> it's the same song, but at the same time, like I I never never heard it the way that uh, you know it ended up. So uh, that's that's my biggest thank you. You know, it's and you know to the other artists that support each other. Um, uh, uh, the reason why I came across you guys is a, uh, a buddy of mine, Chris Moreno. Um, he was on your show, and I he was that, great. He was great. Um, he's, uh, a, he's a good friend, and and he's been a supporter and always helped me out and giving me pointers. So, a guy like him, um, you know, my my best friend in the world, who's also a musician, Chris Sanders. He's always giving me support and told me, you know, what's good and what sucks, and you know when to do it and when to not. Um, <laughs> But you know, you meet a lot of really great people on Broadway. Um, there's, yeah. there's a young lady from Canada, um, Jenny Liu is her stage name. Um, she's actually on my track, The Challenger, as background vocals. Um, I had to get her on there somehow. So uh, I want to, you know, thank you to her. Nashville is a great community, and you know, if everyone just realizes that by lifting each other up, you know, we're not hurting our chances of making it, then I think it'd be Think it'd be better for everybody, but but certainly some people are you know already in that mindset. You know, speaking of Chris, I, we actually gotten. I was already Facebook friends with him, but we um, what got him on the show was um, and I see she's on here, Stephanie yeah. Stephanie, Stephanie Lauren. Stephanie. She's the one that connected yeah. us to she's it. Awesome. <laughs> she, is, she is an incredibly passionate country fan. Um, she's who connected us and. Uh, she is just always there, like faithfully supporting the people she loves. Like that—that's the kind of fans that you dream of, literally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, someone where it doesn't just end with them; they spread the love as far as they can possibly spread it. And like, uh, thank you, Stephanie, because you're the, you're the kind of people that that uh, we appreciate. I mean, we appreciate everybody. We appreciate yeah, but we appreciate you, like you too, most. Stephanie. Oh yes, the big supporter of our show here. <laughs> yeah. We so appreciate it. So, um, tell us, you know, you, I'm sure your family is, loves what you're doing. Tell us a story, a family story, whether it's a parent story, a sibling story, you probably got thousands of them, so, but I'm not looking for thousands, sure. looking for that one story that kind of stands out to where they did something for your career and you're like, wow, they get, this is my passion. Yeah, um, it's really more of them telling a story from my childhood over and over again. <laughs> I um, I'm definitely like comfortable in social situations, but I'm a quiet guy most of the time, oh. um, and I don't seek out crowds. So like, you wouldn't meet me and be like, "That guy's a natural performer," you know. <laughs> if you see me now, you would think that why is it so easy? But definitely, it's not. It's not like 
the first thing you'd think. And, you know, I've, I was a shy kid growing up. So um, the way that, I mean, everyone in my family told the story so many times that it made me believe that I was a performer because when I was, I guess, like four or five years old, um, like kindergarten, first grade, my class like mm. performed the song Frosty the Snowman, I guess, for some kind of like <laughs> concert that. or something like that. And we had had like this huge like family reunion get together around Christmas. And I guess everyone was singing Christmas carols. And, you know, my little self like jumped up on the piano stool where my aunt was playing <laughs> and basically like took over the room and, you know, just belted out Frosty the Snowman at the top of my oh, wow. <laughs> And I've heard this story so many times from so many people that it, I guess it kind of made me like be like, oh, I guess there was there was something there that, uh, you know, <laughs> that little kid that that could have been a performer um but and you know speaking of little kids we've, yeah we've got a third co-host a little eight-year-old that we had allowed to come on so sandy's gonna go I'll get go him get quick <clears throat> to ask one question and you know we got a 19 month old little daughter that when she gets older we'll be plugging her into the show too because <laughs> yeah. we are a family affair show that yeah, and, family support is everything yep yeah. And it's funny because I always joked about being a family affair show. And then all of a sudden I came up with this whole idea, you know, what, what could we call our media company that we're going to create around the show and the stuff we do within entertainment, family affair media. So we locked in the yeah. domain familyaffairmedia.com. Oh. And so we are family affair media and all that. Nice. Hi, Rob. Hey, how's it going? What's your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food. Is it? All right, so my favorite food that I never eat is definitely pizza. <laughs> awesome. And what's yours? Pizza. Nice. <laughs> Y'all wanna? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he would eat it all day long, wouldn't you? Yes. Same. Yes, Same. <laughs> what, do you, huh? what do you like on your pizza? Hmm. Uh, pepperoni and sausage. <laughs> there you go. You can't go wrong. With that. Meat eater, right? Yep. Yeah. Bye, thanks. Bye, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I, I he loves that part eat. of the show. I, I he can't he's a little eat. nervous with the video now. Yeah, he is. he's trying to adapt to it. And but, we are too. But what's funny is he was really nervous when we had Allie Brooke on. Because I think oh, he's got yeah. a small crush on her. He likes oh. Allie Brooke. <laughs> I can tell you that. Because she pops on some of his shows. Yeah, some of his Nickelodeon shows. <laughs> small crush there. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, mm -hmm. who would it be? And what would you want to write about? Um, if I could co-write with anybody... Man, I keep going back and forth in my head between uh, Johnny Resnick of the Goo Goo Dolls um, oh. and uh, Mark Tremonti, who uh, used to used to play for Creed. Now he's doing his own thing, and for yes. two for two different reasons. Um, Johnny Resnick captivated me with songwriting. He just oh. has a way of doing it, and uh, he just I would want to write a song with him that was kind of reminiscent of the old Goo Goo Dolls days where like, right. oh, wow. you kind of got what the song was about, but not really. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean? like, Exactly. I, I tend to write very, I write very straightforward. That's just my style. And he just <laughs> adds like the sense of mystery 
to things and like you listen to the song and think you're getting it the whole time but but not even totally you you get the lines but not the song and it makes yeah yeah you really want to analyze it (laughs) writing um and then uh Mark Tremonti, because he was his guitar playing, like totally captivated my 12 year old self and made me want to get into music. And it would just be oh, wow. amazing to have a song with your with your hero. And and now that I think about that, you know, they're they're both so far out of uh, country music. But um, <laughs> they, they were both. Very Ain't that what country's about? Though? You know, yeah. when you look at the past, your Johnny Cash's and all that. Were they always just country? They, I think no. country has always been, yeah, been that genre that merges other ideas in. That's what, that's what kills everything. me about people is people being like, that's not country, that is country. Like, let It's the story be, that makes let, country. Let people be artists. Yep. Like, right. Create the music that you want to create in your heart. Yes. Don't try to yes. write a certain way. Yeah. That totally burns me out of the Nashville writing scene. It's, it's one of the biggest criticisms I have of my peers is like, Everybody just wants to get a cut. So you get in the room and everyone just wants to write on those same dang topics over it. Same ones mm-hmm. all the time. I yeah, I can't do it. I can't write a song for the sake of putting it on the charts or getting it out to people. If I don't feel like emotionally connected to something, I just, I can't do it. It's a mental block. I yeah. just can't. Um, I know I, I'm a huge fan now that I've um, been in the songwriting community of constantly writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and keeping that muscle strong, but still not, but still writing what I feel yeah. in my heart and not what I think people want to hear. I love that. <clears throat> now, this past February made the five year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. Mm-hmm. And I always like to t- tell this story before I ask the artist the exact same question. Okay. <clears throat> because the answer she gave us back when nobody really knew who she was, she was just starting to climb the charts for the first time. So most people didn't even know her, her name. I always like to joke, she, it was Kelsey before she was Kelsey, you know? <laughs> and I remember asking her that question. And the answer she gave us back then is almost to the T of what she's living right now. She knew where she was going. She had this vision and she had this dream. And knowing that, where do you want to be in five years? I can tell you the exact moment. Um, Cause it was realizing that. So, all right. So I grew up um, upstate New York most of the concerts we went to, um, like the big shows, was uh, Saratoga Performing Arts Center. It's a uh, yeah. beautiful, beautiful amphitheater in the middle of this state park that's like about 30 minutes south of Lake George. It's, in my opinion, the most beautiful area of New York and one of my favorite places in the entire country. Um, so all of my favorite memories were Saratoga Performing Arts Center. And, you know, as an aspiring musician, every time I went to one of those big shows, I'd picture myself up there. And uh, I was, you know, talking to somebody one day who was in music and, uh, you know, I lived 10 minutes away from the amphitheater. But in that conversation, I realized I needed to move 1000 miles away if I ever wanted to play that amphitheater. Wow. Wow. So that, you know, just that mindset of, you know, I had to come to Nashville to grow myself to be that. And uh, five years from now, I want to be on that stage in Saratoga Performing Arts Center uh high enough in the lineup where it's dark out and i there's thirty thousand people in front of me and i start one of my songs and people recognize it and even better sing it back to me and there's so many different ways that a career can go to end up to that moment yeah Um, Mm. but 
if I achieved that moment, then I, I think I did what I wanted to do in music. Um, yeah. if, I could, if I could play a song that resonates with people in my hometown of, you know, that, that would be, that would be a huge bucket list item for me. So that's, that's where I want to be. I want to be on Saratoga performing arts stadium stage to a full amphitheater at night and have people react to one of my songs. That's I love that. <clears throat> so let's say you look five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road and you're a success at whatever level that is, but you're a success, a big success. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, okay, what would you tell or remind him? Um, stay true to the reasons why you got in music. Oh, yes. That's it. I love that. Simple, right to the point. And, and that's so true. I think that sometimes success goes to people's head. And, and I'll be honest, I, you know, a lot of, a lot of hosts ask the question, what would you tell your past self? Yeah. I like to yeah. go the other way with it because I, I, I want the artists when they're answering it to realize that they need to be living this right now if they're yeah. going to get to that future self. And I think that that's one of my goals with that particular question is to get the artist to kind of think about, am I living what I'm about to say? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's kind of why we go there. So let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they've got something, as Simon Cowell would say, they got that it factor. Yeah. <laughs> and they played maybe 40 or 50 shows and they're still getting their feet wet on the performance side. But, They've gotten on stage and they got what every artist says, that stage bug where they're looking over the crowd and the crowd is roaring for them and they know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they, and they say, Rob, I know that I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next couple of years? I would say believe in yourself, but not too much. Um, and what I mean that is like find that balance of like, I didn't give myself enough credit. So I was like, oh no, like I can't do this music thing and all that. And I waste a lot of time doing that. Um, I also see a lot of people that get a lot of hubris over playing and overcompensate. So definitely find that balance of believing yourself enough, taking yourself seriously, um, but not too seriously. Um, and I would say jump right into it as quickly as you can get as, many songs written and as many songs out there in as short amount of time as possible. Cause that's the, the biggest mistake that I've made in music was, was waiting until all the stars align, just get it out there and make connections. Everything in the music industry today is, is personal connections with you and people. So as a rising artist like yourself, you probably have some people that you know who are chasing this crazy dream right, right along with you. Yeah. Who are one or two people that people should know? Um, I mean, I, I mentioned Chris Moreno. Um, yes. I, I love what he's doing. I also mentioned Jenny Lou. Um, she's got a single coming out. Those are two people that I've become close with um, here in Nashville. Um, Man, I would just say just just don't focus on just what you hear on the radio, though. There's there's so much depth to what's out That's there. That's why we're trying to bring people like you on. Yeah, I would say just don't take for granted what just pops on when you turn on Sirius. You know, there's there's mm -hmm. there's so much so much more out there and, and uh 
there's so much good people say there's no good music anymore there is too much good music and there's too much crap exactly and and it's just just, we're just inundated with a lot of stuff but it's there it's still there you just got to look for it Mm yeah love that yeah so as we come to a close here tell everybody how they can reach out to you and get your stuff and social media and all that yeah i mean it would mean so much to me if anybody streamed my single on spotify i mean you can search the challenger and um my uh i spell my name a little bit differently for my music just to make it a little more phonetic it's r-o-a-r-k rourke um when you're talking to drunk people over a microphone it's way easier to just say it's roar with a k on the end than it is to spell <laughs> my actual name um so i mean i've got a facebook page rob rourke country same thing on instagram um you know if uh if you come across my personal page as well, I'm not going to blow that up on social media, but if you come across my page, I'll be happy to talk to you. Um, and uh, I, I just, I love interacting with people and, and hearing their opinions mm. on the art that I put into this world. Cause that's, that's how we, that's how we grow as artists is, is that feedback and connection. Yeah. So you know, important. we really enjoyed having you on the show today. We, we definitely look forward to having you back down the road. Thank you so yes. much. Thank you, guys. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, thank and you we will talk to you today. real soon. All right. Yes. Bye. Bye.